Yo, everybody, Dre here from the Ednium Podcast. Um, got another good one for y'all this week. Uh, we got Danny Rodriguez rocking with us. He's in branch leadership at Campus Credit Union. Um, my man from back in the days taught me a lot. This week, you know, we talk a lot about fatherhood and reflect on the lessons our own fathers taught us. Um, and always just around leadership and what we wish we would have learned, um, the wisdom we wish we would have gained earlier in life so that we could thrive. I uh, hope you all enjoy, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. Peace. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good, man. You look comfortable over there. You know, for the first time, it looks like I've uh, been doing it for a while. Huh? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you got the all black on, like ready, ready for action. Yes, sir. How you living? I'm living great, man. How about you? I'm good, bro. Just trying to thrive, you know what I mean? It's... I see that on a daily, man. I get a chance to be able to to speak to you quite often, and so I know exactly what you mean by it, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, bro. It's, it's good to have those outside people because I feel like in the household, it's, they, they're starting to tune me out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to love me the most. You ain't trying to hear what I have to say. Come yeah, on, you know, it's that's the probably the one-on-one of parents, right? You know, you think your kids tuned in at you uh, into what you're saying at all times, and uh, you realize soon enough that if you're not creative, and you're actually giving some real thoughtful things, they just tune you out. So mm-hmm. I stay constantly trying to sharpen that iron. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm going to start bringing people over, too. I'm just like, yo, you need to talk to Uncle Danny. And I'm going to just be like, yo, bro, like, please tell them they need to do their damn homework. <laughs> <laughs> They're not listening to me. Maybe they'll listen to you. Yeah, you know, I, I can relate to that. I think that when you have good people um, in your circle, mm-hmm. um, and I've always said in my family, it takes a village. You know, it's never just one person or the responsibility of parents. It's a... Everyone, right? And so um, I've had the privilege of having uncles, aunties, good close friends of my parents give me some some advice to this day that's, that's I still retain because it made an impact. It made a difference. Mm-hmm. My dad used to be mad because I, I come home and I tell him, like, Dad, I learned this thing. Like, I talked to such and such. He's like, man, I've been telling you that for five years. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that data. That's like, man... Someone else told you, now you listen? Yeah, now you listen, you know what I mean? But that's kind of just the name of the game, man. It's never disrespect, bro. But uh, I'm happy you're here, bro. Hey, y'all, appreciate it. I actually have uh, really haven't quite done this before, and so it's it's all new to me. Uh, but definitely appreciative of being here and being able to do great things together. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's new to me, too, man. It's like, it's crazy how, I don't know, the world works. I was just talking to my homie the other day, like, when you just start to manifest and speak things into existence and like build those relationships and like you'd be surprised how many people are down to ride for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. the power It's powerful. Right. And yeah. so you start watching the things that you thought of your whole life and really start putting them in motion and to watch others want to assist and, and help build that is, is powerful. It's and crazy. that's just, that's the way things uh, tend to be when they're, when they're correlated with greatness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to get there, man. So tell tell the world who you are. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think I talked to you about this before. It's been a, something I never really quite do too much of. Is really quite put my story together for the simple fact that I'm consistently working on trying to be a better version of myself each and every day. And yeah. so what happens is you go through a life, getting through great milestones and quite never realize, man, I, I did that. Mm-hmm. I've been there. You know what I mean? And so... Me, I'm just I'm just one of thousands of stories that can be very similar in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I I come from immigrant parents. 
um, humble beginnings in essence. My parents um, were able to kind of come here to the States, right? Mm -hmm. Leave what they've known just to try to get a, a sense of, I would say at this point, the American dream, right? Mm -hmm. You know, to come over and, and, and give an opportunity to, to their children to have better lives than they had. You know, my, my mom, unfortunately, didn't have the ability to get very far in her education. Mm -hmm. So I think she was somewhere maybe middle school and mm -hmm. she just didn't have the ability to go to school. My dad, on the other end, was able to kind of work his way through, got through high school. But even then, you know, in Mexico, it doesn't do much for you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of like an expectation, like it is today here. Mm -hmm. But that was then, we're talking probably in, what, my dad's 60-some-odd years old. So go back 40-some, five years, and that was the expectation then. Yeah. So. What, what part of Mexico? My, my parents, they both hail from Ciudad Juarez. Right border, yeah. Right near uh, uh, El Paso, Texas, mm -hmm. and so uh, you know it's interesting because my my grandparents come back further south of Mexico, mm -hmm. and so they try to get further up north to Mexico because again, building there, you're getting yeah. closer to the states. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so I think they got to the last part of where they could go, and they're like, "All right, we're stuck here." Yeah. And so, and don't get me wrong, man. Juarez was a very beautiful place. It, it was amazing. I mean, it was places sometimes in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even somewhat in the 90s. Um, it started to change in the 90s, but people would go out to Mexico, I mean, out to Juarez, mm. just like they would to, not necessarily like Cancun or anything like that, but people would visit. I mean, tourism was a big staple of how um, Juarez actually made money. Really? Yeah. What, what changed? Man, what didn't, you know what I mean? I think... Um, Really, what started to happen, I think, was the the fact that you're near the states and you're so close. A lot of things happen where it was normal to have even kidnappings of women. Uh -huh. That was that was the common thing, right? When I was in the '90s, shifting into the mid '90s, um, you just human trafficking. Then, yeah. then it escalated. Yeah. And now we're dealing with what we're dealing now, which is the cartels. Yeah. You're at a border, so of course that's just the natural inclination of, of what has to happen in a sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel that. So your your parents came over here. What age? Did they meet here or did they meet down there? <clears throat> no, my parents they're they're uh, childhood sweethearts. Mm. You know, it's, it's crazy. I had a very uh, very privileged childhood, but you don't realize that until you actually put it on paper or you talk to somebody about it. My grandparents lived literally like a block away from one another. So I was able to bounce between my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family within minutes of each other. So yeah. if I didn't like what was that happening, the vibe that was set at my, one of my grandma's house, I'm like, yo, I'm out. And uh, I went to my other grandma's house. Mm -hmm. And so there was different structures there as well, you know? So I, I kind of was always just that kid that had structure, but I was given the opportunity to set my own structure within that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's what really defined me as a person. Yeah, yeah. You had, you had the structure, but you had the freedom within it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. All right, cool. So your parent, your parents came over here. Um, and then where where did you where did you grow up in Denver? So my parents came here and just like any kid, you know, you're young, you kind of bounce around between where you go, schools and where you live in essence. And so um really I start defining the memory of, of where I come from. I would say at this point, right when I went to Nap Elementary. Okay. 
And where's Nap? <clears throat> Nap Elementary is in the southwest part of Denver. Yep. Um, and so I, I, that's when I really start making like the connections of people and and really memory of what was occurring at that time. Mm-hmm. Before then, I'd gone to Goldrick, Gosman, uh, just you know, just trying to try. My parents were going through some things, just like any other parents, and so moving from one place to another, trying to give uh, me and my sibling a better life at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. And so, then is, is Southwest Denver home then? Oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I actually, I mean, at this point, I'm. I call myself a Westwood product. Yeah. You know, I come from the Southwest part of Denver. Uh, for those who don't know. The biggest piece of the reason why I have to say that is because I went to uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And the Boys and Girls Club um, that I attended was called Owen Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. And so that's very close to the middle school I attended from, mm-hmm. which was Kepner at the time. Yeah. And so I hail from that area. Um, yeah, I call it home, man. It's, I, still, I still go um, to see acquaintances, to see people I love, people that I care for, people that um, I don't want to say need help because that doesn't sound... That, that's not doing them justice. It's people that are looking for added resources to help themselves, mm-hmm. more important. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's like a big thing, man. Like, you know, I think what the whole concept of Ednium is like, it was this uh, being within specifically like the education system, this, uh, this, con- this complex that institutions tend to have of thinking that they need to save people when really they just kind of like need to get out the way. You know, it's like that old adage, right? Um, why give somebody the medicine if you make them if you, if you don't got them sick? Then you don't got you don't got nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, so same bro. thing when it comes to such is uh, they say that we need saving, but the reality is just, I mean, if we're given the same resources and uh, latitude within those concepts, that we don't necessarily need to be saved. We just need fair, equal playing grounds. Yeah, man. That's the my my boss are always like, son, don't uh, don't keep buying the antidote from the same people that poisoned you, right? You know what I mean, like that. Man, that's that's heavy. When'd you hear that? How old were you? I don't know, man. This that's one of the many little like bars my dad drops all the time. You know what I mean? I talk about him a lot, but I don't know, probably 10, 11, 12. Like Golly. man, and think about that, man. I mean <coughs> I know you as a parent, so I think that you drop some knowledge like that on your child, right? Yeah. But the thing about it is you start watching a child's development and you're like, when do I when do I give them that? Or not mm. giving that, right? And so that's the struggle because I think like like you, my dad was just giving me stuff fast and early. Man, I was six and I realized some things that I look back, I'm like, man, I don't think I'd tell my daughter or my son that I said. <laughs> I would definitely tell him, don't get me wrong, but I don't think six yeah. was the age for that to be the, the story. But I don't think my dad was intentionally wrong with such. I think he's just, just like any other parent, was young, yeah. um, coming over from a whole different country and yeah. realizing that um the best he could do for me is is give me his knowledge, experience, and his motivation. Yeah. And so within those, that that realm of the world, some things were said and done yeah. that maybe a six, eight, ten year old shouldn't do or see. But the reality is, I know his intention was pure. Yeah. And so I never really harbor any, you know, ill will towards my parents as a whole because I think that had a lot to do with who I am today. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, and there were lessons that we had to learn earlier because of the situation and the things that we had to be exposed to, that hopefully, because they did their job right, puts us in a position to where our kids might not have to learn such hard lessons so early. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course. And, and you know, all lessons that we've learned, I'm assuming, for the most part, we want to be able to to speak on and, and have our children have knowledge of. Yeah. But it's a different concept of 
experiencing something here and there mm. um, and not necessarily making it part of who you are as a lifestyle. Yeah. Right? We had to endure certain things that, you know, is, is the norm to us. And yeah. I, I necessarily wouldn't want that to be the norm for my child. I want them to be exposed. I want them to know that that occurred. Yeah. But I don't want them to have to go through it yeah. to understand it. I want them to say, all right, like, I see my dad or have something similar to my, my mom. And how do I handle that based on their um, experience that I've seen, but more importantly, the advice and the mm -hmm. teachings, and more so importantly, afterwards, what I've accumulated in knowledge yep. and make an assessment for myself. Yeah, man. It trips me out when I think about, like, the, uh, what you say, like, the norms, right? Like, some of the things that you just accepted for life, you know what I mean? Like, back then, of, like, damn, bro, like, that was, like, mad toxic. Like, or, like, that was, like, an environment that I shouldn't have had to assume that anytime I go to a party, you just assume some shit's going to go down. Right. Like, you go into it understanding. And then, like, so, like, even now, bro, like, I'm in any given situation and I'm watching because, like, a matter of life or death is knowing when you should be breaking out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I, I don't. That's a a piece of trauma that's that's informed. But at the same time, I want my son to know when to be able to read a room and know when things are about to get bad. Yeah, you know, and that that's the thing. It's it's, it's that it's that space that we're operating with, right? Where we're we're trying not to shelter them too much, mm -hmm. but we're also not trying to expose them. And it's a fine balance. Yeah. Right. It's a fine balance as a parent, and I'm passionate about parenting. Right? You know this, and. Yeah. Um, for me, it's not just parenting my own ch my own children. I mean, they're, they're the loves of my life. They're the reason um, I am who I am today, and I'm trying to strive to be a better person. But it's it's the youth as a whole, mm -hmm. right? It's it's what we're doing beyond just the household, right? Mm -hmm. What are we doing for our communities? What are we doing for um, the children that don't have the privilege of coming from a two parent household? Yeah. Even that, you know what I mean? I think that I remember being in a class once, and somebody for whatever reason asked the question, like, "Who comes from a two parent household?" And I raised my hand. And you know, I, at the time when I did it, I raised my hand with pride. Like, yeah, yeah, I got two parents. What's up? Yeah. But I remember after I raised my hand, I look around. And um, I was one of very few. Mm -hmm. And I started, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And so after that, I remember going to recess. And I remember I just, they're like, hey, let's play football. And I'm like, oh, not today. Football is not going to be what I'm going to be doing today. I got to go talk to uh, my, my, my homie at the time. His name was Benny. Mm. And me and Benny hung out all day, every day. We played football. We did everything, right? But we never spoke about like life. home, right? Yeah, 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 home. And so I realized Benny, at that point, didn't have two parents. I just figured his, his mom picked him up just because my mom picked me up. Yeah. I didn't know his dad wasn't in the picture, right? And so I just remember not playing football that day with Benny. Mm. And Benny looked at me like I'm, I'm wild, right? Like Benny knows I love football. He loves football. But he knew that that moment was something that I was... Inspired by, mm. and I mean inspired in the sense of getting to realize what makes us people. Yeah. Right. Being a person. Yeah. And realizing that he's my friend, and I know nothing outside of this realm of his world. Yeah. And so that's how that started. Yeah. No, that's crazy, man. Like when you realize certain things like that, you know what I mean? Like, what, what's funny is like I remember going with some of my kid, my people's crazy. Like, I had two parents. It wasn't a two-parent household, right? Like, you know, my parents were split. I don't know, man. All the drama and stuff that comes with that. But I remember thinking, like, I'd be some places and I felt like like the poor kid or whatever. And then i go to some other places and it was like I was the rich kid. You know what I mean? But, like, some of my homies, like, all I knew was, like, I would go to their crib and they're snitching. <laughs> 
was popping, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I cared about was that snack drawer. And so, like, I saw that, and they had all the Oreos and all that stuff that, like, my mom would, like, wouldn't buy. Or if she bought, she bought it, it was like, you know what I mean? And so, like, as a kid, when you're, like, 10 years old, you're like, oh, shoot, like, they got all the bread. Like, I want to go, go stay over there. And you realize that there's there was a very specific reason why you were over there at particular times of the month. You know what I mean? And, like, how things were popping and the graciousness and how they 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 brought you in. Um, and so it's, like, just when you get hit with the reality and you start to see how other people live and the people you thought you were close to, like you said, um, that we never have those conversations. And we never have those conversations within education because we keep trying to, like, build this, like, box brand kind of person, not understanding that there's all these other layers to a human's identity. You know what I mean? And it's, I don't know. I don't. I, I wonder. I wonder. Traditionally, like how long it takes for people to, to be awake to that. If, if some people, I don't think some people ever do. They don't ever realize. They never had that experience you had, but you were the only one raising your hand. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you can only speak to your own experience, right? And yeah. So we we're you know we're talking right now. We're going back and forth with stories of when we were kids. And I remember I went home. I think my dad. My dad's like, "Are you thanking me?" Mm. I said, "I went to." So-and-so's house, spent the night, opened the fridge. It was basically empty. Yeah. My dad, on the other hand, his part is always stocking the fridge. Mm-hmm. Like, you can never open our fridge and not have the essentials. Beyond essentials, we also had some of these things that other people didn't. Yeah. But my dad was the type of guy that would wear thriftway clothes. Mm-hmm. He'd drive a, the oldest car in the world. No matter how many times he broke down, he'd still fix it. Yeah. And I put two and two together. Oh, he don't he doesn't buy the nicer car or wear nicer clothes because that's what he dispenses on making sure that I have this food. Yeah. And, you know, you, you're young. You don't see. And so for me, it, was, it wasn't just that. I think what really, really hit was when I was going back and forth between Mexico mm. and here. You're watching. Now you're watching a whole other situation unfold. Yeah, I bet. You know what I mean? I went to school in Mexico. And so I, I feel like the, the school systems, if we, if we combine some of the things we do great here and there and grab some of the things they do there great and bring them here, man, you could, you could do amazing things. Yeah. But that's not the way it is. Well, tell me a little bit about those differences. Like, what, what stuck out to you? The biggest difference is the, the competition around knowledge and education, how involved parents were. Mm. How, how your parents wanted you to be successful in the realm of being in a classroom and being one of the top students. Yeah. You're, you're saying that in was Mexico. more the case in Mexico? Yes. Really? Yes. Huh. Problem is, is those that aren't or don't have it, they're really forgotten. Mm. Right? Now, now think about it. Now you start talking about the same things we're talking about, two parents, households, and, you know, this or that. Well, what if they don't have a two-parent household? What if they're poor? Really poor. Yeah. A different type of poor, right? Let's We can go back and forth with that. But the yeah. reality is they don't slow down for no one. Mm. And it dwindles down. So everybody's on par playing level at elementary school. By the end of elementary school, now you know who's who. Mm. And most kids are demoralized in middle school there. They're done. The yeah. ones that go to high school, they're good. It's an expectation. But now you go to college. And now you're in the elite of the elite. Because yeah. if you think there's elite here, well, there's less over there. It's crazy how early that sorting process takes place. 
So tell me, something I've been interested in, you know, I've been having a conversation with my wife and her family's from Mexico, and she was telling me, like, how her mom saw education in the States. You know what I mean? And, like, her mom was just like, well, shit, like, you're getting an education in the States, so I'm assuming it's all good. You know what I mean? Like, and, and did, what was, I guess, what was your parents' like perception when it came to school for you? And like, it's crazy. So I got away with doing some things I shouldn't have at that age, right? So I'm learning, at the time, I'm learning two languages. Yeah. Right? Because I'm not necessarily learning more than I am at that point, really learning one. Yeah. But still, obviously, Spanish is my, my number one language, right? So even conversations with the teacher at the at that point didn't have many teachers that spoke two languages. So guess who'd be the translator? You. Yes, sir. And so you're not gonna look your mom in the eye and say something like, "I ain't getting it done." <laughs> so when they send that note home from school. So I translated that note. Are you guys on fire? You know, he's <laughs> wild in here. You know what I mean? Like he's out here, and um, I haven't for a while. Mm. And uh, my dad eventually got involved. Yeah. And that was that. Was that. Once yeah. he got involved, it changed everything. And it was a good thing, right? Because had he not, I probably would have just kept going. But when he got involved, he saw something on paper, and he says, that's what you're learning? And I said, yeah, he's how old are you? I told him. And he goes, why are you doing this? Said, this is what we're literally doing. First time I ever seen my dad get upset, and not only get upset, but make time for him and his day to go to school. <clears throat> Pick me up, talk to my teacher. And just, it wasn't a long conversation. It was... My son said, this is his homework. This is what you guys are working on. Teacher says, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Left. But you he, knew he was. He just wanted to make sure I wasn't driving him, right? Yeah. And he went home and said, you know, when I learned that, I was, I think I was somewhere like in fourth grade. I learned that in first grade. Really? I think it was math. Damn. And I think it was division. If I'm not. <laughs> so he was looking at, he was looking at them like, what the hell y'all doing? That's exactly what he was doing. Uh, and he realized, oh, okay, they have a system here. Yep. And they make you comply. Yep. But it doesn't mean that they're doing right by you. Yeah. Just because you're following the rules don't mean it's the right thing. Right? And yep. so that's when he picked up on it. Yep. I remember, uh, that's crazy, because I think there's this assumption that the American education system is, like, superior. You know what I mean? not realizing that people were having exposure to these different concepts way earlier in other places. And then, like, that concept, I saw your smile when you said, oh, that's when my dad got involved. I was like, oh, man, like, he looked like you You could almost feel the pain. Like, he looked at you. <laughs> he sent a message that engraved deep. Yeah, you know, my dad is, uh... <laughs> man, my dad is, uh... He by four, and I mean, obviously, no disrespect by anyone who I've met, but he is... I always thought was the smartest man I've ever met mm. because his ability to go into his versatility in subjects and yep. knowledge in subjects, regardless of where I was going with it or what I was learning to have input and not just input, but real input. I go back yep. and research the things he said and how does he know? Right. Mm. Um, it showed me that it's cool to be smart. Mm -hmm. It's cool to be able to be relied upon and, and, and ask, um, and then have people ask you for help, and you actually have an assemblance of the ability to guide them, whether that may be telling them how to get this answer or just knowing it, right? Maybe I, I don't I know the answer. I, I can't tell you because that's not how knowledge works, right? If I yeah. tell you all these answers, you're never going to actually know knowledge. 
So I never did, but I would always help those that wanted to kind of further their ability to kind of get to it, right? Yeah. And so my dad is is interesting because if you think educationally he's that, man, life, golly, yeah. man, life was life was different. He he would do life lessons continuously. Education, it would just be when I was in need or when he got curious of what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But life, man, life never stopped for him. He was always giving me a lesson about yeah. something. Yeah. And so what did he do? My dad... He, um, by the time I was really involved in knowing exactly what a parent did, right, he was a a, a welder okay. for Zimmerman Metals here locally. Yeah. And uh, his work was, I just saw him leave way before me. And he was home when I got home, which was, huh. that's that's like a privilege now, right? I mean, even yeah. to this day. So he was home, but he would never just be home, like, chilling. Mm. Never. Like, you can never catch my dad, like, just hanging out. He was always doing something. Something, man. Something. And so by by nature, guess what? Who had to be right there with him, whatever, doing what, yep. right? So I was like, dang. So some days I'd be like, I got to stay at school a little longer. You <laughs> about to put me to work. I think he's doing something crazy, and I'm not trying to be there today. Yep. But it never would work. Because, all right, cool, you didn't come home? I left that for you. Uh, and so I got smart. And his his conversation at that time was time management. Yeah. It's time for everything. Just like you have time to go hoop. It's like you got time to go with your boys. It's time for you to do this. Yeah. So you know what you got to do, but I can't have you do that until that's done. So figure out when you're going to do that. Yeah. I was, I, I I learned pretty early on to never say I was bored. Cause yeah. it was like, Oh, you bored? All right, bro. Like <laughs> <laughs> clean this dirty ass bathtub. Goodness gracious. I'd be so mad. <laughs> oh, now you're having some fun now. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Was that only boring people get bored, son. He always put me to work, man. But I think, I, I know we spent a lot of time on this, but I think it's important, man, because, like, I see in our relationship and as I watch you, like, the 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 level of intentionality you put behind fatherhood. You know what I mean? And we have a lot of those conversations. And I think what I just heard from you now is, like, the the importance of being present. You feel me? I remember, like, when I was younger, every, like, first day of school whatever, am I... My pops would come in and he made sure he talked to every single person, right? And he'd be like, yo, what's up? I'm Therese's dad. Hey, how you doing? I'm Therese's dad. You know what I mean? He wouldn't, he wouldn't necessarily say much, but I'm Therese's dad. I'm Therese's dad. I'm Therese's dad. And I used to get mad, embarrassed, mad at him, right? Like, shoot, come on, dog. Like, he did this up to, like, high school. And uh, I remember, like, dog, I'm just trying to go and talk to some girls. Like, I can't have my pops over here, like... You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. introducing himself. And I would ask him, like, why do you keep doing that? Like, I'm good. Like, I can manage. He was like, nah, son. Like, they, these people. And when he said these people, it was my pops. So, like, he's like, particularly these white teachers, he would say, they have to know that there's somebody watching. Otherwise, they're going to try to write you off like they write everybody off, like they wrote me off, he would say. You know what I'm saying? He's like, so they need to know that, they need to know that it's not just you. And I think that was my first lesson in social capital. That's powerful, man. You know what I mean? Like, like they have to know that when you show up, that, like, there's other people that are rocking with you. And if something happens, it's a problem. Yeah, there's consequences, right? There's consequences. There's not just, I'm going to do what I need to do with this kid, whether he is exactly. suited and booted and compliant or not, and I'm just going to go and, and, and write him off the system. It's, exactly. There's someone involved. So he was trying to set that tone, you know what I mean? And so what I do now, like, with my kids' school, and shit, bro, I, I've had this experience a lot where... Uh, 
<laughs> even in my like sister-in-law school, you know, I'll go into the school. Like I work in education policy, right? Like I'm trying to impact education. Like I know this thing, but I go with my slides with my like long Nike socks, my hoodie. I got my chain out. I got my hat on, my, my hood on. And I don't say much. I just kind of show up. You know what I mean? And like, you look at me, you wouldn't know. You know what I mean? Like I just show up because I want to see how they're going to, how they treat me before they know that I have any type of institutional knowledge or social capital behind me. And I, I just sit and just listen, bro. And like, I, mostly because I want to see, I want to see how you treat people that can't do nothing for you. And like, it's different, fam. Like, it's it's 100% different. Like, me and my wife have caught translators doing what you did to your parents around like discipline issues for for people in our family. Like, that's not what she said. Or like, yo, go sign this, go sign this paper. And people aren't realizing that they're signing away. There was a situation where there was an argument, right? And uh, <laughs> girl was, uh, she was like, you know what? I'm gonna go like confront this other girl, right? And like, you know, kids. So like all the kids have their phones out trying to like do some like world star shit. And then we were following her to go confront this girl. They got in a confrontation. They didn't actually fight. They kind of died over like normal shit. You know what I mean? And they they were trying to get her mom to sign off saying that she was inciting gang violence. And if she would have signed this paper, bro, it would have like put it on her record when it was really just like a screaming match between two 13-year-olds over a boy or something stupid. And like, so like when I showed up, I didn't say much. I just kind of like listened. You know what I mean? Um, there was a translator. Like we had to have the conversation. I was like, so what does she say? And I was like, all right, well, let's read this paper which wasn't translated in Spanish, by the way. And I'm like, dude, she's trying to sign off. Like, this is going to ruin this girl's life. She's 13. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so it's like... It, it's that's, a, a, that's the other system. Yeah, man. That's the and other like, system that's working against us as well. And it's funny you, you expand on that, right? Yeah. Just to expand on that, I think that that's, that's what it is, is that there's never an semblance of really helping us. It's always a saving us, right? Mm -hmm. And they're saving their community by putting this young girl in an institutionalized system when in all reality, she just, that wasn't the point. That wasn't the case. Yeah, you could have just talked to her. You know what I mean? Like, and like the, the way they would push it, bro, like, it, it, it pissed me off to see that. Like, and that was one of those things, this is when I, back when I was, like, in college. And so, like, that was one of the things that made me see, like, oh, okay, there's something, like, fundamentally foundationally wrong about this. You know what I mean? No wonder why kids don't feel safe. No wonder why kids don't feel like they could bring their full selves. Because you're telling them from the jump that, like, if they don't just comply to some shit that they're not interested in, they're, they're written off or criminalized. You know what I mean? Like, I had homies in middle school, bro, like, on probation. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. It's true. They're, they're there with the ankle bracelet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or they're, at this point, they, they know that there's no light. Because yeah. they, they feel captured. Mm -hmm. And in all reality, it was something that probably shouldn't have went that way. Nah, man. It could have been, it it been avoided had it been handled um, with some compassion. Yeah. With some humanity behind it. Just some compassion. That's all we're asking for, man. Damn. All right, so uh, where did you go to high school? I went to Abraham Lincoln High School. Lincoln Stand Up? Yes, sir. Uh, you, you, did, uh, you were telling me earlier you were talking about being able to take some time back and reflect on the accomplishments you've had. You had you had one pretty big accomplishment that I think you could carry with you. Let let the people know. 
Man, I in high school, man, I did a lot of great things. So I know, but one specific thing. <sighs> he's he's just not it, state championship, dog. Listen, I know that's not the biggest thing. I mean, it is it was huge. Don't get me wrong. It it did something great for our, our community. It did. It brought us together. I've never seen so many people behind something um wholeheartedly. Yeah. And it was nice to be able to see people that um alumni that mm. weren't involved ever all of a sudden come out the woodworks. Like, oh yeah, I went to Lincoln. Uh, and, and you know, I started to see people. I'm like, oh, who, who's that? Who's this? Or all that, right? And so it was a, a fascinating time, man. It was unbelievable. Uh, the relationships I built um off those of that championship, or in this instance, I could say two. Yeah. Um, it's it's lifetime. I speak to these guys very often. I was actually, matter of fact, I was just on the phone with with uh, Alonso. Really? Yeah, Alonso, who who um he didn't get a chance to be in the same um team or at the time, but he was. And what I always say, family. When you when you played when you hooped, you mm -hmm. were family, man. We we were a brotherhood. We really looked out for one another. We held each other accountable. Um, and that was it was a special time, man. Special special time. Yeah. I I don't realize this until yeah through conversation. I'm like, man, I want a championship, man. Like. Not a lot of folks walking around get to say some, something like that, right? That they Man. played a high school sport, that they were um, recognized in the state as the champion, right? Like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that is there, There's NBA players who haven't won a state championship. And that's, that within itself tells you statistically how that works, right? And so it's, it's fun. It, it's, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird uh, instance of what you can accomplish when you do something together. Yeah, man. And I say weird for this Matt, for this reason only is I, that team, those two teams, the way it all worked, even from the C team level to the JV level to the varsity level, I think it took the mixture of all those particular kids to be mm. able to, because they don't, they, you know, I say state championship, you see, and you, see, but you, you don't realize we're working against the JV, mm. and the JV was working against the C team, and our C team squad was nice. Mm -hmm. Our C team squad was deep, nice. You know, they were loaded, low, they were loaded bunch of little kids at the time, and so they pushed us. Yep. And then we had to live up to an expectation of them, uh, of what they had of us. And yep. so you're just like in this in this like realm of just greatness. Yeah. Continuous, continuous of greatness. So that was that was fun. Yeah, that was cool. And I know I want to get to all the other stuff you did, but like I remember, so I was trying to figure out where I was going to go to high school, and uh, I went to the state, or not the state championship game, but the I think it was like the final four or something. I remember seeing it and I remember seeing this like whole pride and everything. And I was like, yeah, I want to be here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it was something crazy. And for the first time, like it was the first time where I I, I stepped into a space and it feel like I was, I stuck out like a sore thumb. Right. Yeah. And I think that, that right there was literally the, the, the hammer on the nail, right? That you're seeing this, this greatness be achieved and you're associating it with it by default. Right. Because yeah. it's, Man, these people look like me. Yeah, these yeah. people are me. I am them. Yep. As opposed to having to go somewhere further away, mm -hmm. the community away or two, and now you start realizing these other things that man. Well, I mean, I am this, but I'm not. Yep. And yep. this was actually you or us. Or yeah. We. Yep. So yeah, that was that was special, man. That was a special special time. Um, like I said, the the best the best that came from that time in regards to it was just to see people be happy and come together. Mm -hmm. I never had seen that in 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 um in my community, nothing like that. It's mm. crazy what something like that can do to pull people together. Yeah, and can, and can you imagine that's just basketball. 
That's what I'm saying. And I'm trying to do something outside of the realm of of a sport that really is that impactful, but that you don't have to be an athlete to relate to. Yeah. Tell me me about that. What's that vision? So that vision is actually something that I've been privileged to be a part of. I had uh, you kind of reached out to me once about something that you wanted to do. And I remember being, I think at the time I was, I want to say you were coming into high school. Mm -hmm. So I had to be a junior. Mm-hmm. And I heard you say something that I'll never forget. And I, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, man, but there's something I'll never forget. You're like, man, I want to, I want to change the way things are done. <laughs> and I just remember looking at you. I was like, oh. and I, I remember looking at my boy. I was like, yo, who, who's this, bro? Like, what? <laughs> does he know? Like in my head, I'm like, does he know where we're at, who we're from, what, all these things that are against us? And bro, you're just trying to survive. What are you worried about? Yeah. You know, change things. And from that moment, I just remember I went home, and my dad asked me. He was like, hey. Every day something good happens. What's the best thing that happened to you that day? And I had a very good day. But the reason that I remember that particular conversation with you is because I'd never seen somebody so have their eyes full of that conviction. Mm. That wasn't like my dad. Mm. You know what I mean? That's crazy. It was crazy. And so from that moment, it materialized, right? And so one day you approached me with this opportunity to be a part of this collective alumni Mm -hmm. and to form this group and, and, and this movement, and it's called Enu. And at first I was like, man, this is, this is amazing, right? This is amazing, but we got our work cut out for us. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, I wasn't in a position at the time to really uh, dedicate myself to it the way I knew it would require. But I know that greatness takes sacrifice. Yeah. So I had a conversation with my wife and uh, she uh, does, what, does what she does in reference to being the phenomenal Wonder Woman she is. Yeah. She says... Um, I'll support you. Yeah. And, yeah, and that was big for me because a lot of what it entailed was stepping away from that realm that we spoke of earlier, which is fatherhood. Yeah. But I, I like to get home. I'm already at work. And so when I get home, it's just, I'm just trying to play catch up in a way. Or, or not mm. catch up, but more so be there, right? And so we were just welcoming a newborn in a sense, and a lot was going on. But she felt what I've, she felt what I've, what I felt, right? She, she feels that. She knows that. That I've never been fulfilled until I'm able to accomplish something beyond the measure of one person, but more importantly, impacting the youth. Yep. And that's where my heart's centered, right? It is you could, you could, you could change what's happening with somebody right now and that is of age and they can change. That's, that's definitely something that's possible. But can you imagine not having to change, but more so installing something? Yeah. And so pouring that foundation right? and I, and I appreciate you, man, that, that shit, I don't know, because at the time, what, I'm like 14. I probably didn't even know what the hell I was talking about. All I knew was that, I don't know, This all I knew was that, like, this shit wasn't built for us. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I remember seeing you, because, like, you were this dude, I don't know, anybody knows Danny back in the day, like, he's had this infect, like, you walked into a room infectious personality, you're saying, yo, what are you doing? How are we getting this done? Like, you would move. So I remember thinking, like, oh, okay, like, I don't know, I've identified, like, that's a leader. Let me go try to tell them what I want to be. And I remember, uh, like, foundationally, what you've always been, and you've been consistent in this, and I think now that I hear your story about your pops, was, like, there was never a point in time where you were telling people what they couldn't do. You know what I mean? And you were, uh, you would, you used to piss me off, though, because I would ask you a question, I'd be like, I want to do this, and you always played devil's advocate, too. You know what I mean? You're like, well, what about this? What about this? Or you would answer a question with the question, you know what I mean? And I realized how valuable that was now. 
because I find myself asking that same questions anytime I have an idea. Yeah. Like a challenge. But it wasn't, it wasn't out of you can't do it and trying to discourage you. It was, have you thought everything through? Like you always did that. And I've seen you do that to everybody within the space. And that's that's the whole purpose about Ednium, right? Is that like we have these leaders that have like real respect, that have real love, that have real compassion for their communities that we're not investing in enough. You know what I mean? And like searching far and wide, trying to find organizations and programs and things to do that. We just got to do this shit ourselves. Right. And and that's that I think that's the most uh God, that, that's the most purposeful thing that I've been a part of outside of even what I do for a living, right? Because I feel I do something very purposeful outside of it. And, 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 yeah. and it feeds into it, it goes hand in hand. But I think ultimately when I when I stand in that collective room of those alumni and seeing what you're doing now with the next uh cohort and the next movement, man, I'm proud. Man, we got some bright young stars, man, superstars. Yeah. And they're part of us. They're in our community. We're not out resourcing them. We're not bringing them in. They're literally here. We're here, bro. And not only are they here, but they're willing to sacrifice themselves and some of their time and, and the most valuable concept in, the, in life is that to make a difference yeah. and do it for the people, again, that are here. Yeah, man. And that, man, that is powerful. It's powerful. And I, I got to say thank you, too, for rocking. Like, I recognize the sacrifice, right? So how are we making sure that sacrifice is valued and, and worth something? You know what I mean? And <clears throat> it just scares the hell out of me, if I'm being honest with you, but we just got to keep rocking. Yeah. <laughs> course, I mean, if it doesn't, if, you're, if, if there's no fear in what you're doing, it means that there's no passion behind it. Yeah. Because the fear of fear there shouldn't be the driving force, but it should definitely be something that is in thought. Because yeah. if you don't think you can fail at something, I hear this a lot, right? I hear people say, believe in success, manifest success, but there's failure. And yeah. too many times we're taught to ignore that that exists yeah. for the fear of it existing. Mm. Know it's there. Yeah. Prepare, prepare for it not to actually manifest itself. Yeah. And so let it drive you to an extent, but let the passion overtake the fear. Mm. Right? And yeah. so... I, I, it's hard, right? It's hard to really like quantify it in words, but it's like the same concept. You, you gotta, if you, if you believe in one thing, you cannot disregard the other. Yeah. You just can't let the one thing that you believe in be shadowed by what you, mm -hmm. you know, want to disregard. Apparently, it's there. Yeah. Know it. You gotta know. accept that there's a that it's there's a double edged sword, and like you could either be afraid of that double edged sword, or you can learn how to wield that sword. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, I think that's something I'm trying to grapple with now too. And, like, you, you said something earlier, too. Like, you were there from the jump, bro. Like, that very, very, very first meeting we had, like, two years ago with the, uh, one of the school board members when they are looking for a new superintendent. Um, and we brought, like, I think it was, like, maybe 20 of us. You know what I mean? And you, you said your thing. Like, everybody, like, kind of... That was the seed, right, of all this. But I remember what she said after that meeting because it was a room full of black and brown people from these communities. And her response was, I didn't realize that there were so many people that cared. That blew my mind. You know what I mean? Like you're an elected official and you don't realize that there's people like us in our communities that care and love. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, so maybe that's what the problem is. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, You know what's amazing about that is the age demographic. Yeah. Right, that age demographic is asking. That is exactly what is enticing to this movement, is that you have very young 
people of our community engage in the development and growth. Yeah, and we're, we're not, you know, we're not relying on experience. We're relying on occurrence. Yeah, we're relying on what's what are we doing today? What presently are we trying to inflict changes on that can have that lasting effect tomorrow or in the future? Yeah. We're not asking people of that time frame to actually, not necessarily saying we don't want them or, or, or take their input, but more importantly is we're involved. That yeah. age demographic that tends not to be involved is involved. Yeah, we're showing that's, up and saying hi. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know man, I mean? and that's powerful. And I know we're we're starting to get up on time, but um, you 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 were talking about like some of those skills. Like I'm I'm interested in. Well, first off, what do you what do you do now professionally? Yeah, I, I'm actually employed by Canvas Credit Union. Yep. I happen to be um, in leadership in, in that capacity at Canvas Credit Union. And uh, essentially, my job is to make sure that we are, A, really fundamentally taking care of our members, mm. right? And so that starts with what I do with our people. Mm. And so I'm in charge of developing our people to continuously strive to make sure that our members are being taken care of. Yep. It's the best place I've been a part of in regards to my career path. Mm-hmm. This place is amazing. Mm. We do amazing things daily. And our leader is a very well-known leader. Um, man, I, I could speak on his accolades. I'll give you just his name. So if you guys are interested, his name is Todd Marchberry. Um, an amazing individual. First time I've met a leader at in 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 what I do that is a true leader. Mm. You know, you hear this in terms of sports, but a leader of men, but in this capacity, he's a leader of men and women. Mm-hmm. And he serves us all with passion, compassion, and we have a system that can't be, in a sense, duplicated because it doesn't, it doesn't lie within policies. It lies within people. Mm-hmm. We have amazing people, top to bottom, yeah. that are genuinely out to make a difference in the communities that we serve. Mm. Literally, we were out there not too long ago cleaning up parks mm. just for the sake of doing it because we want to be in our community. We have involvement in, in a lot of capacities from charitable events of, of creating blankets, children's hospital. Um, you name it, we probably do it. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, a very, um, it's a very generous thing to watch a company that is worth loads of money really make that not a priority, but the priority. And it's dope, man. Like, not many people can, like, find themselves in a space where they're walking, where they they find themselves working in a space that, like, truly aligns to their values. And so I see it now. Because I I remember, like, thinking, like, damn, like, man, who really loves Canvas, bro? Like, you know what I mean? I never knew anybody that worked for a bank that cared that that much. Uh, I think it makes sense now because you can see the alignment, you know, in that and in your identification of the leader. Uh reflecting on your educational experience, what skills do you think that you, like tangible skills, do you think that you could have learned or been exposed to in your education that could have helped you in doing what you're doing now? You know, it may seem polished now. And truth be told, if you really know me, you may think that I am very comfortable within the element I'm operating with now. Mm-hmm. Truth be told, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. literally that. My persona or the ability to be that it's exemplified, but it isn't that. And so when I really peel back, it would have been nice to be able to have public speaking, mm. right? Public speaking at earlier at an early age, yeah. not presentations. We give presentations, but those are very different. Those are 
workups, right? And at some point, we just stop presenting. Yeah. And then it's, and you don't realize that that skill is important, right? To be able to stand up in front of a lot of people, deliver a message thoroughly. Yeah. And align it with what we have to do strategically mm-hmm. without having to mess up an idea or a concept here. It's just boom, 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 right? And so I feel like that would have made a huge difference in my ability to be a leader at a younger age. Mm. I, I could have been where I'm at currently now sooner rather than later. I had to learn this skill as I continue to obviously develop as a leader, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing about leadership. It's not, I, I you, you alluded to earlier, was like, man, that's a leader. Um, yeah, some, some tend to be a natural born leaders, but the majority aren't. Mm. You consistently are growing as a leader. Yeah. Right? You're growing, you're getting better, you're learning and, and you're developing. And so that is the biggest piece that I want to leave today outside of the conversation is that you can always grow in whatever capacity um, that you're operating with, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're a parent, you want to be a better parent, you can do it. Yeah. Right? If you're, if, if you're a hooper and, and you, know, you don't got a left hand, you can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you set your mind to as long as you put the work behind it. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's the biggest point the biggest piece of even leadership is just because you're a good leader doesn't mean you're done growing. Mm. Right. Cause there, there's been that adage, that old adage that people say is if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. I, I don't, I, I would tend to not lean that way. I would simply and say that you're just not getting better. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you should be able to retain the information you've received. Yeah. Right. But are you growing and developing? And that's really the consistent piece behind whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. And I don't know, like, by definition, can you be a leader if you're not continuously growing? Yeah, right? Yeah. Can you? I don't know. Because then, then at some point, if you're not, someone is. Yeah. It's like the whole adage is, right? <laughs> yeah. And that's what made certain people that we look up to and admire great. Yeah. Because they're continuously growing at their craft. Yeah. We've had discussions of people that I've never had the privilege of being in a room with, but that I admire their work from the outside source, from the outs, from the outside looking in for the fact that I know that they're doing their research yeah. and they're putting in work that I know another entertainer, actor, et cetera, isn't, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I look at what even even small sample sizes, even how we did what we're doing in Ennium, right? Mm-hmm. We peeled it back. We got a bunch of people in the room, but we're starting from, we're not just saying, oh, these guys are leaders and let's just jump into it. We went to a, a whole process of getting where we're here today. This isn't just something that happened overnight. Yeah, yeah. The people in this collective room for Endium have been working while this pandemic started and it's not slowed down one bit. Can't. If anything, it's ratcheted up and we've had more people. Um, I want to say really in, in a, in a space of safe of safety that what's happening in the outside world is, 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 is scary, right? Yeah. But within that, we didn't let that fear stop what we're doing. It's the reason. And the people in Endium, man, I can't be any more proud to be a part of a group because they are truly special and gifted people that are willing to sacrifice and do the work to get things changed and done yeah. within our Me community. Too, man. And, and it's, it's so dope. powerful, man. Just to be a part of it, man, is, is crazy. I envy you. I, I sincerely envy you in, in this capacity is that you... Even at this juncture of being where you're at with Endium, you still get to meet great people. Yeah. I mean, there's someone in the room right now that I'm looking at, and I'm saying, man, this is special. 
You can right? see it, right? And you're eventually going to get to know him. Right? I, I'll be the plug now. And when he's on, he'll tell you, yeah. Yeah, he's he'll coming. So, yeah, <laughs> just, just keep an eye out for what we're doing. Um, we're going to definitely keep our, ourselves aligned with what we believe in. Yep. We're definitely going to stay true to our cause. And the biggest, biggest piece I'll leave you with today is don't let anyone tell you that you work hard. Because once someone else tells you you work hard, you believe it. Mm. You tell yourself you work hard. Because once you believe what you believe, that's all you need to believe. Believe in yourself. It starts with you. I feel that, man. It starts with you. It starts with us. I appreciate you being on, man. I appreciate you having me, man. I don't know if I I covered enough of where we were going. Like I said, it was a little uh, unorthodox, I believe. But that's just a little of who I am as an individual, right? I start with one place and I could go to another and... (laughs) Um, it just keeps my mind and my flow and my and my heart flowing, but I'm I'm definitely appreciative of the space. Uh, I can't wait to see the things that we're up to. Um, I got I got some good stuff that I'm working on currently, yes, you do. and I'm excited. I'm excited for it to come together and be able to really um, put it in a space where it's a done deal, right? Yeah, I feel that man, and like that's the whole purpose of the space, right? Like. Like I say, is to demonstrate the collective brilliance we got in our backyard. Uh, if you want to demonstrate brilliance, you can't try to package that up. You feel me? Like, and and then so that's that's the whole purpose of the space, man. So hey, and before we wrap it up, I gotta yeah. ask you something because I've, I've never asked you this, and it's crazy that I ask you <laughs> this on on a podcast and, and in this setting. But I really, I really am careful um, with when I choose to divulge information. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, your story, your actual story, is mm-hmm. it anywhere? Like, can people get into it? Can they read it? Did you share it? Is it somewhere that it's manifested mm-hmm. into? I think there's bits and pieces, man. I think, uh, like, the music is a bit, you know, is a piece. I mean, I think I try to ingrain some of my experiences within these conversations. Uh, when I used to speak at, like, high schools, I would tell a little bit of my story. Not the full thing. So, no, I guess the answer is there's not <laughs> there's not a space where, that, where, where that's there, man. But uh, Well, and the reason I ask is because of this. I know that you are at this juncture of your life, I would like to say, not anywhere near a made man, but you've accomplished some greatness. Appreciate you, man. And what I really want to put in perspective is some of the challenges that you've been through, I am not privileged to share because they weren't my experience, but I think that it'd also be nice for others to know somewhat like I did Mm. what you've been through. Because I got to witness it, and I'll tell you what, I've never seen nothing like it. I've never Appreciate seen nothing that, like it. And so I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all the things that you are a part of and that are doing to change the world. And I know it sounds like like a lofty word to say the world, but you don't change the world without starting with your community. And that's exactly where you're at and where you're starting. So I appreciate you. Um, as I like to say and wrap it up when we talk like this, man, the streets appreciate you, man. The appreciate hoods appreciate you, you. The people out here that are just like you and I appreciate you. We're here and we're, and we're not going anywhere. Thank you, man. If there's any sponsors out there, I, I, I promised Andy a lot of money to say that. So uh, hit, <laughs> hit us up. Hit us up. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, yes, brother. Sir. I appreciate you, dog. Thank you. Thank you. All right, y'all. That was Danny Rodriguez. Thank you, brother, for coming through. Um, really excited about that conversation. Some about it just kind of feeds my soul. You know, Danny mentioned something around... Have I ever told my story? Um, and I realized I hadn't. 
Uh, but I did mention the music. And at first I was thinking, is it corny to share some of my music on this platform? And then I thought, man, sometimes you just need to give them some bars. Uh, so here is uh, a song by your boy uh, called The Cave from my 2019 project, The Imposter Phenomenon. Peace. Yo. Yo. <clears throat> Yo. I've been loading up on game, realizing the corporate and the streets is the same. You ain't playing unless you paying money or pain. What's fame to a man taking care of his last name? Make your own lane, there's less traffic. Humble taught me that. I learned all of the lies, but remember the blessings. Studio sessions, therapeutic. I'm making music just to pass on my thoughts. Pray my kids won't have to go through it. I was always a student. Now I'm teaching through my movements. Don't see what you preaching, they see what you doing. What I'm pursuing is legacy. How will they remember me? Disdain or treasure me? I don't know. Anyways, day by day, night by night, I'm tired but always restless. 3 p.m. coffee, that's my fifth since breakfast. At four, pop, that's 20 bones. Finance reckless, uh. I'm a king, no man can anoint me. Wifey say, don't disappoint me and quit before point B. Sign the house paperwork jointly. Half a meal, we gon' tackle that in the point D. Equity to the team, memory and neighborly. Won't ever have to worry about the little things that we did. We was kids with kids that saved my life Got refocused after my brain was beating in And my spirit wearing thin You love me regardless Lack of guidance and esteem Had your boy feeling heartless I was searching for meaning It was under my nose I just wanted to be successful Money, cars, and clothes And the hoes I suppose I had some misguided goals I seen highs turn to lows Think about what was sold Now I'm rocking arc blazers To these fancy fundraisers Hundred dollar plates And silent auction tables Raising money for you I got a hole in my shoe Walking in, I pass by a hungry mother or two Second guessing the shadows Plato's allegory Will they kill me when I come home And tell these stories I don't know Hey, I don't know Hey, I don't know Hey, but all I know Is I'ma keep my soul, let's go